Welcome to my podcast where I talk about all things related to money, mindset, finance, business, and investing. My name is Royston Cumberbatch, a qualified accountant with over 30 years' experience in finance and business. Coming from a very humble background, I have continuously challenged the assumptions and the expectations of what I'm capable of achieving for myself and others. Over the years, I've helped hundreds of entrepreneurs to decipher finance and to make more money and to run highly successful businesses. On this podcast, I will share with you tips, strategies, techniques, and tools that you can use to make more money, manage money better, and to maximize your success. So today we have Annette Galloway on the Financial Intelligence Mindset Podcast. It's so great to have you, Annette. After meeting you on Clubhouse and doing some rooms together and actually coming to learn about your story, and you are also known as Saver to Investor. So, Annette, a big welcome to you. And the first question I have for you is just to introduce yourself and just tell us a bit about you. Okay, thanks for that, Roy. So, hi, everyone. My name is Annette. I'm the CEO of a company called Saver to Investor. So, I'm on a powerful mission to assist 100,000 people. And the goal is to take them from a savings mentality to an investment mentality. I run a rapid wealth building forum. It is um, a Largely a group of mainly women. We would like more men on board, but it's mainly women. And there we go through money management and give people an introduction to investing and to um, property for first time buyers. So we literally try and give people a comprehensive perspective of financial literacy. I love that. I love that, Annette. So uh, I love that. So in terms of saver to investor, I mean, why did you come up with that as a kind of a business name, a business kind of, uh, if you want to call it, why did you see that as something that people might be really interested in? So for me, it literally sums up what I do in less than a sentence. So literally, saving is the basis, the foundation to good money management. But in order to get the true financial freedom and the financial acceleration, you need to invest. So if you study wealthy people, they're all investors. And it's partly because when you save, the interest rates are so low, your finances can't accelerate. So the name Saver to Investor just literally sums up the ultimate dream. So going from a saver to an investor, then hopefully towards financial freedom through investing. Wow, that's powerful. So help me here, right? So if there's someone listening to this podcast who doesn't have much money right now, and then they want to start saving, they want to start investing. I believe you have a, a blueprint or a few steps they can follow. Can you share with us? Sure. So ultimately, uh, you should save first and you should begin to tackle down your debt. The reason why is the average debt is on average higher than the rate you'd get on your investments initially. Just because when you're investing, you have to spend a lot of time in the market. So you should have a, a long term perspective of three to five years. So please, you'd have to tackle your debt. So a responsible financial advisor should be telling you to have at least three to six months in savings or at least have a hold down on your debt and at least have a couple of grand in a, an emergency pot. I call it a freedom pot. And then once you've got that in place, the trickiest part then is just to figure out what to invest in. 
So the safest place for a beginner investor to begin investing in is funds. So literally that's a diversified, um, which it could be say a trolley when you right? go a portfolio, that's the word. Yeah, so it's a diversified portfolio of stock. So you're not just investing in one individual stock, but you're spreading the risk amongst several stocks and shares. So yes, make sure you're tackling debt, have an emergency fund in place, and then look towards investing in funds. I love that. I love that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I tell people as well to invest in funds. Um, Because ultimately, right, when you invest in, your money is working for you. When you're saving, you're putting away, uh, you kind of build up your emergency fund. And I believe you already, you also have some kind of a strategy or method for how someone can save the first 10000 on a low income budget. Is that true? You want to tell us about that? That's true. Yes. So um, I'm so passionate about the subject of money management. I wrote a book. It's called How to Save £10,000 on a Low Income. The reason why it's called that is because I began my wealth building journey on a low income. So um, I'm a single parent mother to my son who's nine nine years old. And uh, my salary wasn't more than £25,000 a year, which is not far from, it's a similar price range to that in dollars dollars and pounds are about the same now so but um, I was still able to save thousands of pounds using the principles in this book so I just want to put it out there that you don't have to earn a huge amount of money to be financially secure it's just going to take you a lot longer than somebody with a higher income but it all goes back down to basic money management so the book's goal is to get your money management correct so that you can eventually then go on and invest your way to financial freedom. So I'm investing for myself and for my son. I do a bit of DIY investing and I also consult a financial advisor. And we are literally smashing that the, the average savings rate is really poor. We are literally accelerating. We may as well be on a rocket compared to the average savings rate because, yeah, we, we're getting the financial acceleration through investing. And it's a shame that more people are not doing this. And this is why I'm on the journey because it took me two years to even invest. I had to read lots of books because, and then I went to see a financial advisor. So, I'm on this journey because I know there's many people like me who want to take the plunge, who want to manage their finances better, who want to go and invest their way to financial freedom, but they're scared. So they just procrastinate and don't take action. So I'm here to just come in, give you the financial literacy required and empower you to do what I'm doing, benefit from the world of investing and have the prospects of financial freedom. Wow. Wow. I can see how passionate you are about that. So, yeah. So if someone managed to, to, to save some money up, right? Um, and of course, uh, this is about the mindset. So you have to have the mindset to save. I also always say on this podcast that I think wealth building is a matter of managing your emotions. You have to yes. feel happier saving than you feel happier spending. And you obviously have to know the difference between an asset and a liability. As basic as it sounds, many people don't know that, right? So, uh, my, Annette, so if someone managed to save up uh, 10000 or even 100000 let's put it away for some people who are listening to this, who have a lot of money, you know, even a million, if you manage to save that, and they want to start investing, 
Um, how would you advise that person to go about investing? I mean, how did you, I know you said that you obviously bought some books, et cetera, but for someone who is just wanting to go into investing, because investing can be very scary. You know, some people think, ah, I'm losing yeah. my money. So what would you advise them to go about doing that? I'd say a great thing is to know what you want. So be clear on your goal. What is your goal? Are you trying to create an extra income stream of, say, 10% passive income, 20% passive income? Are you wanting to build a house or is it, do you want to take more luxury holidays? Do you want to fund the child's education or your grandchildren's education? So have an idea of um, what you want and why you want it. And then from there, I'd say the easiest thing to do is to get the assistance of a financial advisor or you could consider robo-investing where you go onto a site and uh, you answer a few questions and it matches you up with some investments. So there are various ways of doing it. Or you can self-educate a bit like what I've done and um, seek the assistance of, a, say, a financial advisor and set up your own portfolio and feed that on a, on a monthly basis. So there are different ways of doing it. But if you are an inexperienced investor, it is best to consult a professional financial advisor or have a go with robo-investing because at least you can hold that company accountable provided they are a credible company. Is it robo-investing? And also, so you mentioned a few uh, things there, right? What, what are the, some of the websites people can look at, some of the books people can um, read? Just recommend some stuff. Yeah, so I know in the UK there's Nutmeg, uh, there is Wealthify, and there is Wealth Simple. So these are all places where you can get um, robo investing services. And then there are standard platforms that you can invest, invest on if you want to do a bit of DIY investing. So I know in the UK there's IG Platform, there's Hargreaves and Lansdowne. And there's AG Bell and there's there's quite a few others as well, like Trade and T12. But it literally depends on the style of investing you want to take. So for example, are you going down the funds route or are you mainly going down the stocks and shares route? Because you have to watch out for the cost of the trade and also the management fees. So there are a few other variables to factor in when you are on this journey. Yeah, I love that actually, because I think as you said, start with your why, right? Because depending on your why. That would then depends on um, what you want to invest in. I mean, I actually say to people, when you want to invest, first of all, work out your risk appetite because mm. there is different types of uh, things that you can invest in and they all have a different risk appetite. What do I mean by that? Sometimes you want to invest in cryptos, of course. Uh, Bitcoin is going up so fast right now. And luckily for me, I bought some Bitcoins back in 2017. I won't well tell you how many then. Bitcoins I have, but I can tell you I have a few hundred grand worth of Bitcoins. It was crazy. because I actually been on a half-day course first, and I spent a half-day with this guy. The guy had two um, Tesla cars. I was like, oh, my God, this guy must be knowing what he's doing. He was so, so hyped on, um, on Bitcoin. And at that time, it was not even what it is now. And I came that home, and I spent the next two days just setting up everything and all that kind of stuff. And wow, I'm so happy. But... I didn't risk everything. I only risked like, you know, at that time, probably about 5% of like my net worth. So I think mm. when you invest in, you have to say, how risky do you want to be? Because what you want to do is to have a diversified portfolio. You want to put some in the risky buckets, some in the not so risky buckets and that kind of stuff, right? So I like what you say, right? Define your why first. 
And one of the good um, things that you can also, um, good resources, I, I use Morningstar. Morningstar or Kodak, you get a good resource. So that's quite good on it. So cool, cool. So, I mean, you mentioned just now that your investments were skyrocketing. Am I correct? So it's not just me, it's not me having good returns. You also have good returns too. So tell us kind of, I mean, if you, if you don't mind, I mean, what are you invested in at the moment? So I can't give all the secrets away because I actually paid a financial advisor for a lot of these funds because what happened was um, I initially began investing in funds in February 2019, but I wasn't really beating more than, say, 12%. And now I know that's better than the average savings account in the UK, which is about 0.35%. But I thought, come on, it's got to be better than this. Um, Annette, don't be cheap. Go and get some professional help and see what they advise. And I'm so glad I did because the guy wasn't that expensive. But my finances within a short space of time, so within less than a year, remember, you do have to have a long-term perspective. But last year, the markets behaved really interestingly there was a lot of gains especially in the american market so my investments rose from about on average eight to twelve percent easily to plus forty percent so they fluctuate between 40 to 50 percent on average and i was like oh wow so so this is why guys sometimes we try and be frugal but sometimes the frugalness can cost us money in the long run sometimes you know you can make back what the experts cost you provided you're putting enough money in the market so um i learned a big lesson there wow 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 man i can tell you you put your money where your mouth was i always say to people investigate before you invest do your research that's true i actually have a little formula for this by the way for depends on the um the ROI that you want so basically, I would have blueprints for people who listen to this podcast. I would have blueprint to have a highly profitable business. I haven't spoken about this on podcasts before. And it got five modules. And one module is about how to manage. It's actually called the financial risk formula. I might call it the financial freedom formula. And it says R-I-S-K. And R is obviously for rules and responsibilities. And I is investments. But under investments, I've got a subsystem called RATE. R-A-T-E. So when you're investing, it's always getting a rate of return. But mm. R-A-T-E-R is always your risk. Because depending on the risk of your, um, your investments, it's probably the likely uh, return. It's something called the risk return theory. Then A is the amount. Depending on how much you invest, then obviously you like to get back more, right? And then T is time. So I like what you said, Annette. Always think uh, long-term. As, as, as Warren Buffett said, if you buy an investment, buy it like if the stock market closed down you can still hold it and e is obviously mm -hmm. the expected return so even though you're looking for an roi you must always know your expected roi yeah so that's just my little formula there so, Annette, so let's con formula. Eh? that's a fantastic formula thanks for sharing right yeah yeah yes yeah. so I, I i've got some secret strategies you know <laughs> I, I don't normally give it for free, but, uh, you know, as I'm here today and obviously the energies are flowing, I just thought, yeah, let me drop some gems, you know, because obviously this podcast has been going for a while. It's starting to heat up now. So uh, if you're listening, if you have listened to previous episodes, if you haven't listened to previous episodes, go back and listen to episode one and come back to this episode. But for people who are just joining us, we're just getting warmed up on the Passion to Just Mindset podcast. So. Annette, um, you come in at a great time as well. I think you're the third person I'm actually interviewing. So I'm so happy to have you here today. 
So, Anand, so talk to me. What, what is your financial goals? I mean, what are you? What are some of the things that you're planning to do in the future? And how do you think your mindset is going to help you to achieve what you're looking to achieve? Okay, that's a good question, right? So, um, some of my goals are that um, I want to live in the suburbs mm -hmm. in at least a four to five bedroom home within the next two to three years. So, I really need to up my game. Um, I also want the prospect of having the possibility of sending my son to a private school by the time he's in year nine. If, if I could do it sooner, I would. That's not to say I'm going to send him to the private school, but it would just be nice to have that as an option because I believe, you know, money just gives you more choices. So, um, yeah, it's quite important for me then to make choices accessible to myself. So the kind of mindset I have on this journey is how can I have the most choices possible? For example, I grew up on a council estate in Camberwell. It's not a pleasant experience for your child, for a child, just because the, the people that tend to live on a council estate are not very pleasant at times in my experience you know the children can fight sometimes and there's just tiffs and the adults sometimes can fuel the fire rather than solve the problem whereas I've noticed that children in wealthier backgrounds it's just the parents seem a bit more civil and will rationalize things and it's just less volatile and there's less pressure to have the latest trainers and and things like that this is this is my experience so for me having more money just I guess gives me more choices. It doesn't necessarily mean I have to go live in the suburbs or I have to send my child to private school, but it just gives me more options. So the kind of mindset on this journey is, Annette, if you increase your income, you're just giving yourself more choices. You could have, you know, the option of private dental care rather than having to go for NHS care because NHS care, they tend to use the materials are not so great as private healthcare. So, so these are things that matter to me. So maybe different things matter to you. So it's about being intentional with your finances. So again, the mindset goes back to, Annette, what are your goals? What are your aspirations? What's important to you? So I'm asking you guys, what's important to you? Do you have an aversion to council estates like I do? No offense to council estates, but I grew up on them and I just don't like them. Um, do you have an aversion to you know, not being able to afford the best healthcare? Do you have an aversion to, you know, state schools and you'd rather put your child in a private school? Now, come on, I'm humble. I come from a humble background and that's why I aspire to have better and to do better. So my mindset is always an aim higher, aim higher, aim higher. And to aim higher, I, I have to stay in this mindset. So I have to be really careful about the books I read, about watching the news and things like that. So I don't really watch much news. I read quite a lot of books and I just immerse myself in people that are, you know, living the lifestyle that I want to live. And that just keeps me in, in a positive mindset. And as a result of that, I believe that's why I'm getting the leverage in my savings and in my investments, because there's a saying where your energy flows, your direction goes or something like that. So um, yeah, what you get, what you focus on is what you get. So I do have my vision board. I've got some solid goals and it's not all manifested. Some of it is manifesting, but they say it's a, a sprint and not, uh, sorry, it's a marathon and not a sprint. So I just bear that in mind all the time. Wow, wow, wow. I love that. And you know something, living in the suburbs is great. Um, I, I don't like living in the town. I mean, I, when I came to the UK, I was living in Brixton. I went to Streatham. 
I bought my um, my first property uh, out in uh, the suburbs, uh, out in Morden, and uh, I bought a few properties in between that. And now I actually live in the country. I live in Hertfordshire. So lovely, man. And it's like, you know, the canals, the, the birds, the birds, man, in the morning time, the birds come on my ceiling in the, in the spring and the summer. I love the suburbs. It's something, and I actually live in a, in a four-bedroom, stroke five-bedroom place now. I know what it feels like. I got lots of room. I got it's just like it feels like, and I keep in poverty. When I say mm. poverty, right? Um, I want to explain this to people listening. When the rain was coming, we used to get the wet inside. We wow. never had running water. We never had mm. toilets inside. It was mm. bad. Mm -hmm. I don't want to go too deep, but when I came from school in the evening and I uncovered the pot, all I had was some boiled green bananas with no mm. meat, no juice. I go to the tree and pick some limes and mix some sugar water. <laughs> yeah, it's bad, it's bad. And today, you know, I'm, I'm where I am today, you know. And I want to say it's by leveraging my mindset. That's why I call this podcast Financial Intelligence Mindset. By leveraging my mindset, but then the first thing I did actually to come out of poverty, I would say, was to in, in, in invest in myself. Mm -hmm. And I also took a loan, actually, from my Grenada, and I came to the UK. Obviously, I, I failed big before that. So let me ask you, Annette, um, in terms of investing in yourself, and it's something like you also want to invest in your, in, in your son, what is the biggest investment that you've made in yourself? And how do you think the investment in yourself has helped you to be where you are today? Okay, good question. So the biggest investment I've made in myself is to get a coach. So my coach is um, a lady called Blessing and because of her, she gave me the, um, she gave me accountability. So that caused me to actually launch my business. Had it not been for her, I would have probably just sat on the idea and not taken any action. So often some of the biggest investments are the ones you make in yourself. So I believe if you want to get to somewhere and, you, and you're struggling to get there, often the best thing you can do is get a coach or a mentor who's, you know, familiar with the journey you want to take and they can guide you along the process and I found that I've had several coaches since as well and I found that they've all added something different to me so for me that's one of the biggest investments I've made in myself. Oh, wow and what would you say the difference between a coach and a mentor I mean I have my own view on this so just to repeat what would you say the difference between a coach and a mentor? I'd say a coach tends to ask you questions to draw the answers out of you and they don't really influence your response. So to be honest, I'm not really too passionate about coaches because sometimes I like to be told what to do. Whereas a mentor, they've gone, they've traveled the journey previously. So they have actual experience and potentially contacts that they can connect you with. So not only are they, you know, asking you questions, but they can also advise you about what to do and what not to do. So for me, I do like questions here and there, but sometimes I do like the whole mentoring whereby someone just tells you, try X, try Y, try Z, let's evaluate, let's review it, and, and let's see what the next best action steps are. Yeah, I love, I love that, I love that. I think we share the same view there, right? And, um... And for people who are listening to this podcast, either Annette or myself can be great mentors for you if you're looking to um, go from saver uh, to uh, investor. So Annette, as we look to wrap up um, 
I'm not sure how long we've been going for, but um, you've seen like a while, but I've asked some good questions. What does financial intelligence mean to you? So financial intelligence means having enough financial literacy to not be caught off guard. So for example, throughout your childhood and adulthood, when you're watching TV, you're constantly bombarded with advertisements and commercials about how you should look and what you should buy and you know what your life should look like and often that lifestyle is funded on debt so for me financial intelligence is being able to know what's best for you right now and having the wisdom to you know not get yourself in difficult circumstances to live a certain lifestyle so for me for example I want nice things in life but I've humbled myself to live within my means and I don't have any debt whatsoever because it just doesn't logically make sense to me so right, financial right. intelligence is about wisdom for me and making logical decisions managing your money smartly so um sometimes I pitch this show mainly for business owners and I know we touch on some personal finance stuff today so for someone who is in business and they're looking to um, be successful in business, obviously you are obviously the CEO of your own company. Well done to you. Um, how can you uh, advise them to, to leverage finance, to understand numbers in the business? How, do you, how important is that? Um, I'd say it's very important to have financial literacy because I, I know that um, Literally, there are some businesses that are struggling with cash flow issues. So I would encourage them to get a grasp of your basic financial literacy. Then perhaps if they're having struggles in that area, to speak to someone like yourself, Roy, who is experienced in, you know, assisting companies to leverage their capital to make their businesses profitable. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks for that plug there. You're, yes, you're, you're, you're actually right. I mean, I help businesses too. Well, I mean... Obviously, my, I shared my story here before, but I have spent uh, 19 years working in financial services across insurance, asset management, banking. So there's nothing about finance that I don't know. I've, I've been a financial controller. I've been, I've been a program manager for big investment projects. And for me, financial intelligence is using information to make decisions, using financial information as opposed to just using your emotions. But from a personal finance perspective, it means managing your emotions. You know, mm -hmm. manage, understanding the difference between debt and debt and um, assets and liabilities. Simple as that. Now, some people go on to buy a luxury car and they think, wow, mm -hmm. what a great asset. Or they buy a big home and mm -hmm. they're trying to pay the mortgage and, you know, they have no investment, they have no savings. It's crazy, right? Mm -hmm. So, wow, wow. So, Anna, if someone wants to work with you, if someone wants to really um, work with you and, and, and start to be mentored by you, how can they find you? Where can they find you? Yeah, so um, I'm on Instagram as um, Saber to Investor. You can also check out my website. So that's www.savers to investors with s at the end.com. And uh, you can also email me info at savers to investors.com. I and um, I'll respond back to you. I love it. And on the back of that, what is one of your best case studies? Because obviously, if people can contact you, they want to know who have you helped. So, what's one of your best case studies? 
Sure. So I'm helping several people on the Rapid Wealth Building Forum and um, I've had a few of the ladies message me. So it's mainly stories about them coming out of debt and investing. So I had a lady who's happy for me to share her testimony. Her name's Isabel and um, she is a um, social worker and she's not on the highest income, but her income's okay. But um, she told me that I didn't even think I could save a pound. I had no savings. I had debt. Um, but after following the principles that you teach, um, within about nine months, she saved £5,000. And she told me, and that's alongside paying down a lot of debt, and she's due to be debt-free in June 2021, so this year. So she's just really, really relieved that she's got a grip of her finances now and that she will soon be in a position to begin investing. So she's like, oh, my gosh, and what you're saying is truly possible. And I'm like, of course it is. You know, the money principles don't lie. Love it, I love it. Yes, great, great case study, right? So, man, Anit, you are you you are really powerhouse, you know what I mean? So, so what is the thing that's kind of keeping you busy right now in terms of your business and in terms of um, you know, yeah, I mean, how are you spending your time these days? So I'm actually in a process of putting together a money mastermind that's due to take place mm. around mid-March. Um, so the goal of that is to literally teach people the money management so they can, you know, get rid of the money blocks and uh, begin saving money consistently, then go on to become an investor and to provide all the financial literacy along the journey from saver to investor so i plan to do it as a series of four workshops and these are all based on workshop material that i've been given to people for the past two years plus and it's all based on a lot of the content in my book i just open it up a bit more and explore it in a bit more detail wow 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 i love it and actually that mastermind sounds good i mean i'm a big advocate of money management and guys, if, if you listen to this um, podcast and you want to jump onto that mastermind, send Annette an email or send myself an email, Roy at mmedu.co.uk and let's get you enrolled on Annette's mastermind. It's going to be a, ooh, it's going to be a real mastermind. So Annette, I want to thank you for coming on today. It's been a great show, man, and you shared so much gems Man, I'm, I'm looking forward to having you again on the podcast. You know, maybe, um, who knows, after the mastermind and it's successful and you've helped some more people to achieve even bigger goals, we get you on to share your journey. So, Anand, I want to thank you again for coming on. And I thank wish you. you the best for the rest of the day and for the rest of your journey. It's been a thank pleasure. Thank you very much, Roy. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening to my podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. You can find out more about me by Googling my name, Royston Cumberbatch. I'm on all the social media, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You can find me on YouTube as Roy Cumberbatch. And if you are listening on YouTube, please hit that uh, subscribe button. Or you can find me on my website at www.rackmac.com. That's R-A-C macs.com it'd be great to hear from you and do feel free to tell me about any topics you want me to cover on future episodes until next time be good to yourself and others keep positive and reaching for your financial goals bye-bye